Hello, guys. Welcome back to Andrea's podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest, a good friend of mine. We actually met at Amber's Lilystrom Mastermind last year, and uh, her name is Hannah Ethan. And Hannah, she is a licensed marriage and family therapist. And she is a founder of Sequoia Immersions. <laughs> I don't want to pronounce that wrong. It's <laughs> like, great. okay. Um, so welcome to our podcast, Hannah. How are you? Thank you, Andrea. Doing well. Thanks so much for having me on your show today. Absolutely. I'm super excited to all the topics the topics that we're going to be, you know, chit-chatting. But before we start, I just would like for you to introduce yourself to our um, listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you gave me a little overview there, as just you mentioned. a little bit. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, you know, do too much because you were the star, so. Yeah, <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and the owner and founder of my company, Sequoia Immersions. And the bulk of my work is focused around helping people to proactively strengthen their relationships. Mm. So looking at your relationship to yourself, your relationships with your intimate um, partners, so your mm -hmm. spouse, your family. And more recently, I've started to explore relationships and um, like with colleagues in the mm -hmm. workplace and as well as just friendships in the community. Mm -hmm. So really largely focused around strengthening healthy relationships from a proactive place instead of reactive. Yeah. That's um, so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think preventative healthcare is definitely catching on a bit in our culture. Um, but in terms of preventative relational health, I think mm -hmm. that's an area that we have a lot of potential to grow into. And mm -hmm. so that's a huge reason I wanted to start my business is to focus more on the preventative healthcare side mm -hmm. for relationships. And mm -hmm. um, another big part of what I do is leading outdoor experiences. Mm. So I've been an outdoor guide for 10 plus years. And in the past year, since starting my business, I started integrating um, the outdoor guiding with more intentional, like relational programming. Mm -hmm. So it's one of my favorite things I get to do a few times a year. I'll lead outdoor wilderness um, yeah. retreats and which are just super fun and powerful, immersive experiences. I know I was just looking at your website and I was like, wow, I know you are come you, well, we, we have more time to talk about this, but I was like, oh my gosh this would be awesome for me and my husband, actually, you know, yeah. take a trip together mm -hmm. and just to go in nature and uh, actually have the time also to have some of those hard conversations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And of course you're invited. Would love to have you come nice. for sure. And, you know, it is a mix of having some perhaps more challenging conversations that we don't, have as much time to deal with on a mm -hmm. daily basis, but it's also having some fun and exciting conversations that mm -hmm. people can look forward to, like exploring mm -hmm. who are we as a couple, who do we want to be in the next chapter of our lives, yeah. looking at our values and our mission and how we want to integrate 
more connection and fun and play mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that we're not just focused on, you know, conflict mm-hmm, management, mm-hmm. even though it's a really important piece of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I say like having those hard conversations, especially not a being the main thing of your retreat, but mm-hmm. I would say like for me, if I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, just with my husband, like on the, our room or whatever, I think it would be easier after you go through some of those experiences, just mm-hmm. come up with, you know, some of those difficult conversations, because I know, I don't know, you, t- you can, you can tell me, but I noticed that, especially for myself, being at home feels like having those hard conversations is even harder mm-hmm. than if I go to like, Let's say, go on a public space, place, mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. those hard conversations. I just myself. I don't know. I don't think it's everybody, but mm-hmm. I just feel a little bit more comfortable because the confront is not going to be that hard. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. It's be a little bit more like okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I think it definitely yeah varies for every couple, mm-hmm. um, but it, it definitely can be really powerful and helpful to kind of step outside of your normal home, comfortable mm-hmm. environment and to kind of go into an intentional different space mm-hmm. where you just get to focus on your relationship and yeah. the different ways that you want to grow it. Yeah. Um, some of which entails having those difficult conversations, mm-hmm. which ultimately lead to more intimacy and connection mm-hmm. when you're able to have those conversations with a sense of love and respect and care for mm-hmm. one another. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing, you know, just like you said, respect. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit more about like um, what I have been doing. So you said like, so no, let's just recap a little bit. So how do you start as a marriage and a licensed marriage and a family therapist? Mm-hmm. Yes. So going back a number of years. Back in college, I had a lot of different interests. I still have a lot of different interests, but I had an interest emerge in counseling or Mm -hmm. therapy. I had a strong desire to support people with healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And part of that was just from my own family experiences. And part of that was from a lot of volunteer work I was doing with at-risk adolescents. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to support these kids and there was really powerful growth, but I also saw that these kids were going home to pretty challenging family, Mm. um, family systems and environments. And so through that, as well as some other um, volunteering and work I've done in kind of different therapeutic capacities, I realized, I think I want to get professional training in mm-hmm. becoming a therapist. Mm-hmm. I looked around, there are actually quite a few different options. Um, if you're interested in practicing as a therapist or a counselor, mm-hmm. or a psychologist, ultimately I landed with marriage and family therapy mm. because of the systems approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so even as an undergrad, I studied environmental studies as my major. I also as did my, my husband. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Environmental. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I also did minors in psychology and studio art. 
that with environmental studies major, the main focus of that, and uh-huh. I don't know if it's the case with your husband too, but is a systems focus. And it's just kind of how my brain works, looking mm-hmm. at systems, looking at the individual couples, the families, how that family's embedded in um, mm. their society and cultural context, as well as historical context and what's mm-hmm. passed down. So my program really focused on how can we, you know, support individuals and couples and families from this system mm. perspective. Yeah. So, yeah. So I ended up going and um, getting my master's degree in marriage and family therapy and then took it from there. That's so interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. What is your name? Mm-hmm. Wow. And then you started just counseling couples and. Yeah. So I, I've been fortunate to work with a lot of different populations, mm-hmm. which has given me really good experience and helped me to narrow down who I want to focus a bit more on. Mm-hmm. See, so yeah, since I've started um, seeing clients, I've worked with people in the ages five to like 75, maybe wow. 80, somewhere yeah, yeah, around yeah. there. Yeah, a wide range and a mix of individuals and families and mm-hmm. couples and groups. Um, and I've done so in a lot of different settings. So in, in community mental health, I'm working as a youth and family therapist, doing school-based therapy, home-based therapy. I've worked in wilderness therapy, in group private practice, Mm -hmm. and then in the past few years, moving into my own private practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've gone kind of through different cycles of, you know, focusing in uh, a bit more on different demographics. Mm -hmm. But I would say since I started my business, I've I've been more focused on um, this proactive relational side. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of couples, I can get into this later, but I also worked for a company called the Gottman Institute. Mm -hmm. um, And the Gottmans are really pioneers in researching relationships and have created some really powerful, um, really philosophies and theories and skills for Mm -hmm. healthy relationships. Yeah. So that was definitely a big catalyst too for me getting deeper into couples work and relationships. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know you are, you have been married for a few years now, right? Yep. We celebrated five years in August and together for almost 10. Yeah. And uh, I, so how you both implement those communication skills in your day-to-day life Mm because I I believe that we all want to hear this especially come from a specialist (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly um yeah my my husband and I often talk about this how how grateful that I feel and we feel that Mm -hmm. I got into this field at a really young age Mm -hmm. um People often ask like, oh my gosh, what's it like being married to a therapist? Is she just therapizing you all the time? (laughs) And what my husband always said is like, no, I love it. She learns like amazing um, skills and ideas Mm -hmm. and and we apply them and we're consistently exploring how to deepen our relationship and how to make it feel like more loving, more respectful, more caring and learning Mm -hmm. like very tangible skills to help us deal with conflict as it arises. Yeah. 
So there, there are a lot of different things that we integrate into our relationship on a regular basis. Um, a number of the ideas, I can just go through a number of them. If yes, absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and these are things that I, you know, I teach couples when I work uh-huh. with them as well. Um, so one would be around, I'd say like one of the biggest things, the overarching mm-hmm. goals for for couples is creating more open dialogue about mm. the relationship itself. So just creating a really like loving, supportive, respectful culture of open dialogue. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, <clears throat> focusing on the positive things that are going on in your relationship, mm. as well as the areas that maybe you're struggling in mm-hmm. and learning how to vocalize them in a way that doesn't like put up your partner's defense. Yeah. So one of the um, one of the theories from the Gottman research that I referenced mm-hmm. is this idea of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which basically are these four um, things that you want to avoid doing in your relationship. So mm. they found that couples who are like really unhappy and dissatisfied with the relationship mm-hmm. were doing these four things. Mm. So their criticism, defensiveness, contempt and stonewalling. Mm. And often when I share this, people can be like, oh no, we're doomed. We have at least (laughs) one of those. (laughs) And that's totally understandable. Uh We're, as human beings, we're not perfect, but the goal is to to grow, right? And to catch ourselves when we're interacting in a way that's not as healthy as it could be. Mm -hmm. Um, So my partner and I, you know, will clearly still fall short sometimes. And mm-hmm. I catch myself getting critical or, um, or getting defensive about something. Mm-hmm. And we both have a language for it though. So mm-hmm. I'm able to be like, Oh, hold on. I am sorry. I was just getting really defensive. I had a really mm-hmm. long day and, mm-hmm. um, I, can I try that again? Mm-hmm. So that's another big thing that we do in our relationship and that I recommend mm-hmm. is making repairs, mm-hmm. um, getting really comfortable with apologizing and just mm-hmm. saying, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I am mm-hmm. an imperfect human being, mm-hmm. but I really want to try again. I want to make this right with you. Mm-hmm. We make repairs, which can look just like that of apologizing. Yeah. Like, can we start over? Can we do a redo? Yeah, um, it can yeah. also, it can also be in the form of humor sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we'll start bickering about things when we're really tired and we're both just like, but this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We'll do something like silly or playful just to be like, shake ourselves out of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to get back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, so repairs are another big one. I'm looking at the more positive side. Yeah. Um, I think creating a culture of appreciation mm-hmm. and gratitude yeah. um, and admiration for one another is yeah. huge. Yeah. Right. Like uh, in the early months or years, you know, people talk about like a honeymoon phase and everything's just mm-hmm. easy and nice, which isn't always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's relationships don't just naturally stay positive. Like think about friendships and with families. Yeah. It's like you need to put in concerted effort and energy yes. and attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so purposefully like looking for the good in your partner mm-hmm. and rehearsing that in your mind and sharing it with your partner out loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that can look like just telling them like, honey, you look so handsome tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, sending a text message. Like I'm thinking of you mm-hmm. um, and just hope your day is going. Okay. I know you had that big meeting 
Yeah. Um, how, how's that going? Mm-hmm. Leaving a love note, whatever it looks like mm-hmm. within your unique relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another big piece is proactively checking in with each other. Yeah. Uh, my partner and I have been doing a weekly check-in for several years now. And I teach this to pretty much everyone who comes my way, including mm-hmm. friends at dinners. I've, I'm trying to convert as many people as possible. <laughs> it's kind of fun. We've got a group of friends in, who's in Seattle. We're all like, oh, we're doing our, our weekly check-in tonight. We can't get together. We've got, mm. we've got this plan. And um, it's just fun to connect on that level within the community of, of seeing more and more people starting to do these mm-hmm. weekly relationship check-ins, which you could think about like, you know, say you um, meet with your, your boss or your colleagues mm-hmm. once a week mm-hmm. to say like, okay, team, what do we have going on this week? Yeah. What are our goals? How can we work together? Yeah. What's gone well in recent weeks and what hasn't gone well and how can mm-hmm. we get, get back on track? Mm-hmm. It's a very similar idea, but just with your relationship. Yeah. So once a week on Sunday nights, my husband and I will have our little check-in. Um, we typically We'll make a nice dinner on Sunday night and have a glass of wine and we'll ask one another, how have you felt loved and supported by me in the past week? Mm-hmm. And that really focuses on the positive reinforcement of what's going well and how can we reinforce that to do more of it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll look at what do we have coming up this next week Yeah, and how can we support and love one another? So we'll take turns asking one another that question. Mm-hmm. How can I support and love you this week? And the answers can vary dramatically. Like sometimes um, the answers are of a more practical, logistical mm-hmm. note. Like I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm working really late three or four nights this week. Yeah. Do you mind making dinner mm-hmm. every day? Mm-hmm. I'm like doing the grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, other times it might be a little bit more of an emotional nature. Mm. Like, um, oh, you've got that really big meeting coming up or I've got this really big meeting coming up or I'm giving this talk soon. I would love just to have a chance to process it with you um, Mm -hmm. and to get your feedback. And, um, and, you know, I'm a little nervous about it. So I would just love your extra comfort and support Mm -hmm. and words of encouragement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, During that time, we'll also plan, like, how can we carve out some time just to connect and have fun this week? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Taking a date somehow. Yeah. So those are a bunch of different areas. I could go on and on about the different things, but those were, those are some key ones that um, we've learned and have been practicing for a number of years. And I just, every day I feel very grateful to learn, uh-huh. to have learned a lot of these skills again at a pretty young age. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I just, yeah, this is so amazing. I was just thinking about like myself right now, my relationship with my husband. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we definitely need to have more of those weekly dates mm-hmm. that uh, for some reason it just uh, is not happening as often mm-hmm. and well I know it's not happening because of my schedule and uh, that's something that uh, my husband mm-hmm. always tells me you know but uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that I would say that when I love the fact that you you use like repairs as a form mm-hmm. of to try again. I never yeah. heard this concept repair because I was just thinking like the other day, even I shared with a, a, a friend of mine that the other day I got so upset with my husband 
that mm -hmm. I, I kind of, a, I felt like defensive, right? So, mm -hmm. and uh, it definitely hurt him. I apologize. And normally I, I apologize immediately, but before I apologize, I kind of, a, I was leaving my house and then I told him like, you know, I'm just, I have this brownie for you and I would love for you to try and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. expecting that he would be, you know, happy because I left a little brownie for him. And he's mm -hmm. like, no, I don't want it. Mm. And I was like, immediately that hurt me. I was like, mm -hmm. what? so good. He's like, I, I don't want it. I was mm -hmm. like, you're going to love it. You're forcing <laughs> the thing, right? <laughs> you will. I'm forcing it. Like, you're going to love it. <laughs> you know, he's like, mm, if it was one of your healthy stuff, I don't want it. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving. Because I, I was leaving anyways, you know, mm -hmm. I, I had a client, so I had to, I was hurrying. I was in a hurry right. too. So right. I was leaving and then he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not even going to kiss me? Mm. No, goodbye. I was so upset mm -hmm. that I just like a walk away. And then, yeah, uh, sure. you know, I got it in the door. I turned around. I was like, Andrea, what are you doing? Why are you mm. being so defensive? Mm. You know, so I turned around, came back, apologized to him, but Mm -hmm. At the same time, I didn't have the time to really just kind of sit down and have a conversation with him. But mm -hmm. I think that I definitely, when I catch myself in those moments, I would definitely say, hey, I love this fact that like, you know, you're sharing like, okay, can you, can I try again this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. it was just a really immediately response back. And what do you right. think about like this being a... Now it became my own therapy session, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You know, like it's not no, confidential, I, though, Andrea. No, it's not. No, I'm no. saying is because because I believe that a lot of people relate with this. Yeah. Is because I, in my awareness, um, is that it is a trigger from my past experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Yeah. I'm very aware of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on to improve this like hundred mm -hmm. percent, mm -hmm. but on those little moments when it comes in and you like, you feel triggered and then you're just like, yeah, like now mm -hmm. I just want to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like just want to be defensive. I just want to hurt that person. Yeah. It's understandable. And it's actually, as you're telling that story about trying to give, your husband, the brownie and him saying no. And the little interaction, I was, I was curious. My mind was starting to spin as it does. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I wonder if this is some trigger. Yeah. Like it's probably not about the brownie. No, it was absolutely not <laughs> right? of course it's not about the brownie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what it's... stories are behind mm -hmm. um, or underneath it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, gaining awareness about that and, and vocalizing it. And so my question for you would be, mm -hmm. does your partner know about the trigger? Does he know? And how, like, have you, or can you vocalize what is coming up? Yeah. He knows the triggers because he knows a lot of, of course, like, you know, my, my life, mm -hmm. um, right. we share a lot of, he knows like I'm pretty much in an open book and have been more and more so lately because mm -hmm. I feel more confident of sharing like some like really like sharing my traumas 
from mm-hmm. past experiences that um but i don't know i think it my my issue i don't say that i don't know if it's an issue or whatever it is is the communication skill mm-hmm. right you know so i feel like even though i know that i have i, I am being hurt like he's hearing me and he's acknowledging me he's the most like i my husband he's like he's the perfect person. Mm. I wish Mm -hmm. it was just like him. (laughs) He knows how to communicate. He listens to you. He, he's always like have something nice to, to, you know, to say, to uplift you. Mm -hmm. But the way I communicate is so most of the times very being defensive when I have that trigger. And Mm -hmm. with him, he actually knows how to control those triggers. It makes mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely makes sense. So, and I believe that is the one, of course, the way I was raised. Yeah, yeah, of course. I- and second is that it, and because of the traumas that I have. Mm, right. In the past. It makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it makes makes total sense. Like, exactly like you shared or the way we're raised and our family histories. Mm-hmm. And if we've had any trauma in the past, um, like big traumas or, or small traumas, they don't, mm-hmm. there can be smaller things um, yeah. that can, can trigger us and bring it up. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I, I would say is that I, I am reframing all this. So I'm not a blaming, mm-hmm. I'm not a, you know, um, what happened happened. And I know that I have the power to change. Mm-hmm the way I project to other people Mm. and the way I, I perceive things too, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I know I'm, I'm a hundred percent being, you know, well loved by my husband and for the people who are surrounding me. So Mm -hmm. even though like my parents didn't have the best communication skills, it doesn't mean that I, I am them. Right. 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 So I can yeah. change the story. I can reframe everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you've done immense personal oh, growth and mindset work and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's still not easy. No, and it doesn't happen overnight and we can, it's easy to get triggered about things. Um, whether that's a story from our childhood or young adult years, mm-hmm. um, it's easy for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, go for it. No, I was going to say like, so when you are working with your, I know this is, you don't have to, you know, I don't know if you can answer this, but when you are working with your clients, like especially with couples or even doesn't have to be couples, could be, you know, just friendship or like parenting, you know, mm-hmm. really like the, that relationship communication skills with your clients. Um, do they normally realize that it could be from, past experiences as well, or they Mm -hmm. just, you know? Yeah, I think it it really depends. I think people who have done a lot of personal growth and Mm -hmm. introspection, um, you know, may have more awareness of like, yeah, I I know I came from a pretty challenging family and Mm -hmm. this has been programmed in me. But I would say a, a lot of the time, people are not even aware Mm, um, they're not even aware and p- 
people can blame themselves mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. just focus on blaming their partner. Mm-hmm. And so part of what I do with a lot of my clients is take some time to explore where they came from, mm. to explore their family history, like their immediate family that they grew up in, mm-hmm. as well as going back a few generations. Mm. So first understanding of like, all right, what, what was your home environment and your family culture growing up? Mm-hmm. And how did your parents interact? What did they model for you in regards to communication mm-hmm. and conflict management and expressing love and all these mm-hmm. things? And a lot of times people did not have parents who modeled healthy communication. I Occasionally I'll get some couples who just came from like very secure, loving households. Um, but a lot of the time I hear more stories about people coming from pretty difficult family past. Uh, and so of course it makes total sense to me that uh-huh. the way they're communicating with their partner in the present um, is showing up a certain way. Like they're doing the best they can given what they've learned. And we don't learn healthy communication and relationship skills mm-hmm. in school. It still boggles my mind. I mean, there are little moments that a teacher might, you know, help you apologize to another kid in the first grade if you do something not very nice. Mm -hmm. But overall, there's not a a huge emphasis on really teaching these skills. Mm -hmm. Um, So going back to the family history, you know, even thinking about one's own parents, that's like, okay, their, you know, their communication may not have been perfect. Yeah. They're probably just trying the best they could Mm -hmm. given their circumstances and given what they learned and their families going Mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. And then you go back another generation and you're like, whoa, the the families my parents grew up in, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, they had even more turmoil and stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the the depression, the great depression was going on and there Mm -hmm. literally wasn't enough food. So they were in more of survival mode. And then going back another layer oh my gosh, those grandparents, it was wartime. Mm-hmm. And like, there wasn't the mental capacity to think about how can we have the perfect, loving, healthy relationship? Like yeah. people are literally thinking, how can we not die? Survive. <laughs> yes. Literally. Survive. And so then mm-hmm. when you start looking at it in that greater historical context, mm-hmm. can realize like, wow, okay. Yeah. My parents' marriage wasn't perfect, but they're trying their best. And now I have a choice of what I can do. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's kind of a retrieval process of noticing, um, you know, what you were raised with mm-hmm. and then recognizing the things that you do like about your family yeah, or what they modeled for you mm-hmm. that you want to repeat and then exploring what do I want to do differently? Yeah. Like gaining awareness. I want to make mm-hmm. sure I do not repeat that particular mm-hmm. pattern mm-hmm. which has been passed down through the generations mm-hmm. and i am going to be the brave bold person to, mm-hmm. to change. stop that transmission yeah so, so yeah interesting. powerful powerful it is very powerful and that's mm-hmm. why i like it it's so interesting that it is like it comes down to the you know the environmental right and it's so interesting because when i was going through my nutrition uh certification um we actually study to evolution, like study like the environmental, how mm. that your culture, you know, your right. culture, how your culture, how impacts the way you 
you choose the foods you choose, the way you eat nowadays and things like that. So, you know, and then now we are in a society that we are, we want to change. We want to fit us in the box. Right. 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 So it's like, this is the right thing to eat, but Mm -hmm. look at your, like, look back in your, like how your parents were eating, how your Mm. grandparents, you know, your ancestors were eating. And that comes down to your food choices, how your body, even how your body processes those foods. So it's so interesting because it's, uh, no, Mm -hmm. it's completely different, but it is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When when, I'm glad you brought that up. It's such an interesting point, exploring that physical parallel, Mm -hmm. which is so true. I was just talking to a friend who's a nurse practitioner the other day, Mm -hmm. and we were talking um, a bit about this. She had recently done some work in another country, and Mm -hmm. we were just talking about comparisons in different countries Mm -hmm. and talking about this idea of like, oh, well, the people in that country are, some of them are um, maybe still in the like feast or famine kind of mentality mm-hmm. or like they've only more recently gotten out of it in the past few decades, but the biological programming yes. ha- is so strong mm-hmm. that they're still doing these things that made sense a while back, but may not be as necessary now. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's so interesting that you brought that up too. Uh-huh. And I, I believe it's the same thing with relationship, like, well, it ended up, it is a relationship, even relationship with your body, relationship with mm-hmm. your food, how you're relating, you know, like you said, now you're expanding your practice to more like a relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. right? So right. can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be glad to. I think one of the biggest points, um, you know, that I've, I've realized in recent years is that if we want to be in healthy relationships with other Mm -hmm. human beings, whether that's our significant other, colleagues, friends, we need to first and foremost have a strong relationship with ourselves. I mean, we can show up in other relationships and have decent interactions. I'm I'm not saying that's not possible, but if we're neglecting, you know, this relationship with ourselves, or we're extending unconditional love and bending over backwards for our partner um, or like our children. Um, but we're not giving the same love to ourself. We're finding ourselves being, having the four horsemen show up. We're finding mm-hmm. ourselves being really critical of ourselves or contemptuous or just disconnected. Like that's going to show up mm-hmm. in different ways. Um, and so I, yeah, I have s- really been attending to that more. It's, I mean, it's something that I've done throughout my work of doing individual mm-hmm. therapy in additional to the couple's therapy. Mm-hmm. But I, gosh, I just find it to be so valuable. And part of this for me has been just me doing my own individual work. Yeah. And, and as you know, we were in Amber's mastermind together. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of growth going on during that time. And continue to, right? Like personal growth, uh-huh. in my opinion, is a lifelong process. Yes. It's not like something we just do for a three-month coaching program and then are done with. No, it's like, of yeah. Of course not. We're evolving yeah. every single day. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I just, yeah, I hit a point personally where I was like, wow, I need, I need to really slow down and tend to my relationship with, with myself. 
mm-hmm. like felt like, all right, my husband and I have had like ups and downs, but we're in a, it feels like we're in a really solid place right now. Mm-hmm. But, but how about me? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. how am I treating myself? Um, and so, yeah, over the past few years, I've started to attend to that a lot more and recognize like, wow, I can actually be very critical with myself. Yeah. Um, particularly when it comes to um, like my creativity, um, vulnerability and like showing up in the world. Um, and it, it, yeah, just in a way in a way that I can get focused on like, all right, if I'm going to put this website up or if I'm going to put this, this blog out to the world, it needs to be like perfectly polished and there can't be any mistakes because then it will ruin everything. Yeah. And I was just, you know, I would hold myself to much higher standards than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've started to realize like, no, I need to be a little bit more gentle with myself, yeah. a little softer. And to be okay showing up as an imperfect human being Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to, you know, start sharing things that whether that be an article or a video or doing a podcast interview, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, that's just me kind of in the raw form. Yeah. Um, and be okay if I make mistakes or yeah, don't articulate everything as perfectly as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Just be yourself and accept that, accept who you are and I, mm-hmm. I i think it's like just part that part the self-growth but it starts when you this make the decision that you know what i need to i i'm not a perfect and we never will be perfect but i have some areas of my life that i really need to improve mm-hmm. yeah i don't absolutely. know for you like the point like your break point but for me it was like i was sick of being myself if you cannot live with, with yourself, hmm. well, something is wrong. Yeah. You know, right. Mm-hmm. At least it was for me. And I knew that it was like, I'm the only one stopping myself. Yeah. I'm the one constantly just like, you know, looking, searching for the next uh, thing that is going to fix, hmm. but right. nothing, nothing would fix me because one, I was not broken. And second, mm-hmm is the fact that no matter how many programs or the perfect programs, it, I was the one who was not a being, it was stopping me for achieving that goal. Right. You know, putting some barriers or, you know, some obstacles in front of me. I was the one choosing those obstacles. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. I could easily easily just like, okay, I can, I can pass. I can just jump this obstacle very easily. But I was like, Mm -hmm. I would see the obstacle and it's like, Oh, let's turn around. Let's just go back to what I was doing because so much easier, you know, this is too hard. So Mm -hmm. until the point that you start going and getting to those rooms, like the mastermind, you know, getting myself in events and I know you promote your own events too. So I would like for you to touch on basis on that as well, but going to, you know, events, getting in rooms with rooms with people who are doing better than you just to really working on yourself from that mindset, but do the internal work asking those questions, you know, those difficult questions like, okay, what I'm not having here, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. 
they're, they're so important to ask. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like we can glide through life feeling like, okay, this is just who I am or my baseline or, Mm -hmm. and then if we're feeling frustrated, at least for me, historically, Mm -hmm. um, if I felt barriers to doing the things I want to do, the first tendency is to like point to the outside world like I don't have enough time. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't have enough money. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough resources to go mm-hmm. do that. I don't know. Cool thing that I want to do. Yeah. Um, right. To like point to those things. And it's like, well, what would happen if you actually take responsibility for those and recognize mm-hmm. like, am I actually the one putting up the barriers? And of mm-hmm. course there's, there's a mix. Like, like there's yeah. tangible things like yeah, you know, absolutely. student loans. That's, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but the internal barriers are big. And yes, something that I started to discover um, in the work I've been doing in the past few years is my natural tendency, tendency to focus on external validation. Mm. So like making other people happy yeah. before my own immediate needs. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's, you know, a mix of nature and nurture and family Mm -hmm. history and other experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I started realizing, I was like, whoa, I need to focus on, you know, prioritizing and pursuing the things that bring me joy, Mm -hmm. that help me to feel healthy and happy in my mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I can also show up better in my marriage, in my friendships, in my work Mm -hmm. and support people better. Um, Just a powerful realization Mm -hmm. and, and the ideas and the programming that I've been operating on. Like, I don't, I don't need to use those anymore. Mm -hmm. Like some of them aren't working for me anymore. Mm -hmm. So how can I make a shift here Mm -hmm. internally to have some more alignment with my inner world and longings and my external actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes so sense. True. It does make sense. Completely sense. And I hope it makes sense to our listeners too, because I think it, it comes down to like having that self-awareness too, where you are. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe that it starts with those questions, you know, questioning yourself. Mm-hmm. What, what, do I, what do I want for my life? Why am I not happy? Mm-hmm. You know, um, right. those questions, it, 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 they are very difficult questions, but once you start just kind of letting go and just kind of start answering, being more honest with yourself, and then you're like, oh, okay, wait a minute, I can change a few things here. Mm-hmm. And then it comes down yeah. to the relationship with your partner as well. It's like, okay, can I ask for help as well? You know, say, hey, I'm struggling in this area right now. I'm going through this phase right now. Can you help me? to understand what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, uh, that is That's just a good point. Yeah. Just, a, it's just a beautiful thing when you, you come to that point. And I believe mm-hmm. that sometimes some people will never going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know. Uh, I say that is just because I, I see my mother, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't think she, even though she's the most like hard worker like she's like she's strong like mentally physically strong but still mm-hmm. have this side of her that she she's never gonna change and mm. i don't think she wants to change yeah you know yeah. and but she's not happy 
And right. then that's, you know, like maybe it, 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 and then again, comes down to, you know, her ancestrals, like my grandparents, you know, like they're like mm-hmm. the older generation. So this is what it is. So that's how my life should be. Right. You know, I think now we millennials mm-hmm. are making that shift. Right. You know, that's when we start asking those questions. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I want to just, I want to change. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it feels like, you know, our generation is pretty primed for it right now, mm-hmm. which in and of itself is kind of, like it's a gift and a luxury that we live in a time of relative peace. Like mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of chaos and crazy mm-hmm. things going on, but like myself, my husband, like men are being, not as many men are being forced to go fight in like World War II or III. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm grateful for the people who are protecting our country. Mm-hmm. Um, but just thinking about that in the scope of the historical context again, mm-hmm. we're in a time of relative peace. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like there's more spaciousness mm-hmm. for us to explore um, these mm-hmm. questions about mm-hmm. personal fulfillment and development mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. relational growth, mm-hmm. um, which is so well needed. Yeah. But um, I want to go back to something you just shared of mm-hmm. kind of talking about your relationship with yourself and learning what you need and then asking your partner for support. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, piece is really important. Mm-hmm. I know you've asked like, what are different things that you do in mm-hmm. your relationship and that you recommend? And a really big one is learning how to express your needs mm. and bring it up in a way that elicits help from your partner. Mm-hmm. But how can you do that if you don't know yourself? Yes. Right. And if mm-hmm. you're like, I used to be so much more focused on just trying to make everyone else happy. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was kind of neglecting and not even aware of all of Mm -hmm. my, my needs. Um, so like more recently, just to give you one example, um, I've learned to let my partner know like, Hey honey, like I, I really need to take time for myself to be creative and to move my body and to go do X, Y, Z. And so like I go to a few dance classes a week and I, I'm quite active. I run and train and swim and ski. And I do a lot of things, but historically when we first got together we did like everything together Uh and so then I would feel really guilty if I wanted to do things alone but starting to learn and vocalize like you know it's good for us to do some things apart too Um, Uh and I'm going to prioritize like going to a dance class on a Saturday morning Um, even though it's also really nice to like sleep in and and stay in bed and have a lazy Mm -hmm. Saturday morning Um, like I need to do this for myself and I'll be a more joyful, better person when I go do this. So whether it's in that, like vocalizing and expressing your individual needs mm-hmm. um, or expressing your needs within the context of the relationship. Yeah. Like gaining, like, you know, maybe you haven't had time to um, connect romantically as a couple mm-hmm. in a while. And so instead mm-hmm. of pointing your finger and being like, you haven't taken me out on a date in weeks and yeah, like you yeah, don't yeah. care about our romance anymore, um, which is criticism. Yeah. It gets your partner primed for defensiveness. Yeah. Sharing that in a more gentle sort of way. Just letting mm-hmm. them know like, Hey honey, I'm feeling, feeling really sad. We haven't gone on a romantic date and connected mm-hmm. intimately in a while. 
Mm-hmm. Like, can we carve out some time for that this week? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It makes a big, a big difference. Uh, yeah. And it comes down to that communication too, right? So communicating with your partner, communicating with the way I think it, in also, um, I think that it reflects how we communicate with ourselves. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you are not having those conversations with ourselves, then how can I have the conversation with my partner and trust my partner that he will also support me? You know, yeah, definitely. for the past few years, I have been more vocal, vocal about like asking for his support, you know, saying, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going through this right now. And, uh, you know, this is how I'm feeling, mm. you know, um, I'm feeling depressed right now. And, uh, the more and more like he understands. So he, yeah. he supports me and his right. way of supporting. Right. right. So right. it's just amazing when you, mm-hmm. I think it, it's one of the things that I came to realization and, uh, you might have your professional, uh, like opinion on this, but I think that every single relationship can be the perfect relationship if you are willing to work Mm -hmm. in the relationship itself. Yeah. You know, I think so. Yeah. You see so many like, you know, like marriages just after 20, 25 years, just like, you know, they, they're getting divorced, but it's just because they let just, they let it go like they let the relationship go itself you know mm-hmm. they got a busy in their own lives mm-hmm. and uh became just like a friendship at home right. versus a romantic relationship right yeah i think that that definitely can happen a lot especially like having children as well it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely seeing where the couple then shifts a lot of their energy and focus on mm-hmm. raising children, which I mean, is good. The mm-hmm. kids need that focus. Um, and then suddenly they become empty nesters and all the kids move out of the house. And suddenly they're like, who is this other adult I'm living with? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't even know who you are anymore. Mm-hmm. And so yes, like staying connected over the years, even when life is really busy even when it's hard, especially mm-hmm. when it's busy and especially when it's hard, it's all the more important to proactively prioritize that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely, like, it takes energy and commitment. And I think you said, like, I, to use your words, I think you said every perf- or every relationship can be perfect if you put work into it. Uh-huh. And I think just to specify to the viewers, the perfect relationship does not mean the absence of conflict. Mm-hmm. Some people think Thank that. You. Not everyone does, but I, I want to specify that one. Like a really healthy, good relationship knows how to address conflict in a loving, supportive way. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, and there, it does. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I would say that I hold that philosophy for the most part. Um, I do understand that, you know, sometimes there are some other severe like mental health disorders and challenges um, like drug addiction and alcoholism Mm -hmm. as well as abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so, yeah, I just want to acknowledge that I, I recognize that there are things like that that are present. And sometimes it's physically like not safe to stay in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now um, I but, agree with you. Yeah. Just, but overall, like most of our relationships, if we talk about them, talk mm-hmm. about our needs and how we can improve it, um, there's absolutely the potential to do that. I agree with you. Thank you for sharing all this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Has so much like this could be, it could go on and on and on and on. I, I love this topic. Like I think in the past life I was a therapist because mm-hmm. counseling and like this, like psychological, like psychology is something that I, I am like, I don't, I'm say obsessive, but mm-hmm. I love it. Like, yeah, love to understand people's minds. I love yeah. to understand where they're coming from. It's like, <laughs> you know, like, so this is like, right. Right on my alley. Like I love this. And so, mm-hmm. so I know you're coming up with a, your next retreat, June and August. Do you want to just kind of a, give us a little, you know, a little update on that and uh so we can our listeners can kind of uh, you know contact you for it yeah sure i'd be glad to yeah so i've got a few upcoming retreats that i'm super excited about i have a, a retreat for individuals people of all different backgrounds in june and that is a sea kayak retreat in the san juan islands in washington this beautiful chain of islands um, about two hours north of Seattle Mm. and we'll basically spend three days kayaking camping um, exploring our connection to ourself to community and the natural environment um, and identifying like self-care practices Mm. what are our dreams what are our longings that perhaps have been buried and how can we start to take more steps um, to have alignment in doing those things in our external everyday life. Uh I'm so super excited for that one. And then in August, I'm doing a couples retreat, couples Uh kayak retreat in the same place in the San Juan Islands. And that will be focused on leading couples through the Gottman seven principles for making marriage work. You do not have to be married, but it is for couples and committed relationships. Um, so basically we'll, we'll go through that curriculum while kayaking between different islands and camping having a mix of guided mindfulness and relaxation uh-huh. practices and just downtime to connect as a couple and as a group and just immerse in a really beautiful part of the country. Um, it's very exciting. We'll often see lots of bald eagles and seals and mm-hmm. there are orcas in the area, which you don't see every time, wow. but it's very cool to get to see orcas in that area. Um, So those are two retreats I'm really excited about. And then I've got one in October in Hudson Valley, New York. Mm -hmm. And that one's a little bit more of a glamping retreat. Mm -hmm. So if you've never been camping before, this is a good way to ease into it. Stay in Mm -hmm. some really beautiful um, kind of more luxurious outdoor tents where you have a bed and Mm -hmm. a wood stove. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. So I, I decided to offer kind of two different types for folks who are newer to the outdoors and for folks who want something that's a bit more rugged and adventurous. I like, 
well, New York is just like a drive away from us. So that would yeah. be awesome. I don't have to. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, Washington would be a nice excuse for just kind of a travel. You right. know, but right. New York, I can, we can just like drive like yeah. two hours. Right. A lot closer. That's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is so awesome. Yeah. Love to have you join. Yeah. Yeah listeners today yeah absolutely i'm gonna put all the information on the show notes so we are about to wrap up our conversation even though i don't want to but i know you have Sorry. a busy schedule and uh you know um but i always like to finish my podcast with some fire questions so are you ready i'm ready okay awesome so what are you grateful for in your life right now Oh, so many things <laughs> can list them all off. I'm, I'm not just saying this because I'm a relation since I'm a relationship therapist, but I'm incredibly grateful for my marriage. Mm -hmm. um, my husband, he's just an amazing guy. And I, I could go on and on talking about how wonderful he is. So I won't get too sappy for you guys today. <laughs> um, but yeah, for my marriage and, um, for leaning into my creative pursuits a little bit more mm. um, of writing and exploring some film and dancing and just having fun with it. And I'm, awesome. I'm just grateful for my personal development and having more yeah, grace and self-love and pursuing those things uh, without the need to be perfect at them. Yeah. Um, and then just some of my community in Seattle too, and this beautiful place that I live in. Awesome. And uh, what, what book or books that you read that made a difference in your life? Hmm. Oh, there are a lot of different books. But one um, specific that comes one, in your mind? Yeah. Can I give you two? Yes. <laughs> You're okay with that? Yes. Um, one book is Seven Habits for Highly Effective mm. People by Stephen Covey. Mm -hmm. Have you read that? Well, I have, I have not read it yet. Okay. It's a great one. Um, yeah, they're just, his key points are just fabulous and have been really informative and helpful for me as I go about my everyday life and explore my, my goals as a human mm -hmm. being and as a professional. So that one, which is, you know, definitely more of like psychology, how to, um, and then another one is Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance which is, I mean, it's a bit more of a classic novel that's inspired mm -hmm. by some real events. Um, and that's just been a very powerful book for me in the sense of exploring connection to our mental health and mm -hmm. place and family, um, as well as just exploring some philosophical ideas that are embedded into this story of this dad going on a big motorcycle trip with his son. Mm, that's awesome. um, a lot of yeah a lot of powerful ideas that come from that and uh what you are working towards in your life right now it could be business or personal mm -hmm. yeah um one business goal is that i want to start a podcast andrea yes. like you're saying that publicly so yes. now, you're now really you have it. Yes. it absolutely exactly let's do it Yep. So starting the podcast, um, one personal goal I'm working towards is, uh, 
uh, doing some more training. I'd love to do a triathlon this year. And yeah. at some point, like I'm also saying this publicly, I really want to do an Ironman. Wow. Like really push myself. I've done a number of long distance endurance running races, uh-huh. um, but I love to bike and swim too. So that's wow. one fun goal that I'm working towards. Maybe, Whoa. I know. Maybe we should talk a little bit further with all yes, of your training absolutely. Work. Yeah. That is, oh, that's awesome. Wow. I don't, yeah. yeah I don't think like, I can push myself that, that much. Oh, I bet you could. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah, if yeah. I really desire, probably, but it's not on my desire. So yeah. Like, no. <laughs> I'll we start like with to, a smaller one. Yeah. But. We like to lift the heavy things. That's what I do. I lift heavy things <laughs> and I put the things down. Now yeah. it comes down to like a running and now it was like, right. I only run if I have like, if a lion's chasing me or a bear, <laughs> that's when right. I actually gonna run. But other than that, we walk mm-hmm. and uh, we just walk. We need, we don't jog neither. <laughs> so that's, hey, walking's that's, great. Yeah, and that's I... what we do. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so good well lifting heavy things is fantastic as well so, yeah i like to lift heavy things really yeah. really heavy things not just your normal heavy things but that's how we do that's it. amazing um, we'll have to talk about that more at another point yeah absolutely that's so much fun um and uh if you have one thing that you can leave to our listeners like you know a advice or Something that I, I have not probably asked you or you want to just leave to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one word of advice or just one takeaway would be to focus on creating a culture of open, loving, respectful dialogue in your relationship. Mm-hmm. So vocalizing all the things you love about your partner as well as the areas that you want to grow in. Um, but really just focusing on building that, that culture be one big takeaway awesome yeah we had a tons of takeaways from this conversation anyways Mm -hmm. so thank you so much for your time and uh, i really appreciate it you know seriously this podcast this interview was amazing and i know our listeners will appreciate so much you you are so incredible professional seriously like seriously like oh my gosh this was like came at the right time for me so i'm gonna fast message my husband right now (laughs) i love you i hope you're doing fine (laughs) sounds great normally yeah normally we i you know randomly i send fast messages Mm -hmm. but right it's just like it was just a reminder it was just a reminder and i appreciate that so thanks so much guys for tuning in with us today and don't forget it to subscribe to our podcast and to you know leave it as a review and don't forget it to follow hannah on her socials and uh, contact her for more further information about the retreats and also some uh, private counseling services all righty guys we will see you next week all right bye-bye